welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith. Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Hello and welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness. We are so excited that you can be here with us and we have a fantastic show in store for you. Um, and yeah, looking forward to this almost springtime show. If you want to call in tonight, the number is 914-338-0905. Bring your questions for Keith. He is a fantastic support. Great opportunity to get some mindfulness things answered. How are you tonight, Keith? I'm doing well, Krista. I'm uh, happy to be alive. We, we had to miss last week's show because I was, uh, down for the count with this crazy flu that's been going around. So it's uh, it's really nice to be back up with a voice and able to do the show tonight. Yeah, I'm grateful that you're feeling better. It took a little bit out of you, though, didn't it? Yeah, it was quite the thing, you know. I uh, I normally don't get sick. Like, I can't remember the last time I was that sick. But um, it's interesting. I find when, when my body needs rest and I have too much going on and there's, you know, signs and signals trying to get through to me and I am not paying attention. Um, the body has very interesting ways of communicating with us. And sometimes I guess, uh, illness is one of the ways is if we're not paying attention. And, um, I think on an unconscious level, I was a little bit spacey, not realizing how jammed up my schedule had been. And I wasn't taking time to just breathe and, um, although I have a regular meditation practice every day, I think the, the pace I was going was a little too fast. So I'm taking my body's advice. I'm slowing down. I've cleared my schedule a little bit, and I'm trying to implement even more mindfulness into my day. So it's uh, it's been really, really good. And also interesting what comes up creating that space. You know, it's um, such an interesting thing. So I'm glad you're here tonight, Krista. I, you should tell the listeners... Like this is this is so awesome that you made it, but the chances of you being here on the show are like next to nothing. I understand. <laughs> yes, a lot of things had to conspire to to free up my ability to be here, and and and, it, and the universe conspired for me. So I'm really grateful to be here because I just get so much. You know, I've had a really busy couple of weeks and lots going on, and and. Um, and so I love being here because I get so much in, in this space to connect with you and connect with the listeners and and just breathe and yeah I get refreshed being here. So it's um isn't it interesting though how the body is so powerful and and gave you the little gift of a break. Yeah, it really did, you know, and it's um. It's interesting. I was taking a course just before I got sick as well, and I'm I'm kind of convinced that this course had something to do with my illness as well. I was studying a, a new form of um, Reiki healing from one of my teachers, and she said there's a chance that at the end of this course you might have some some side effects. Like sometimes the body responds from um, this course in in different ways. So I thought nothing of it. I've taken a number of these kind of trainings before, and I thought oh it'll be fine, but um, Sure enough, at the end of this training, I started feeling my throat get all sore, and uh, the next thing I knew, I kind of had this spinny vertigo feeling, and it's, uh, it is amazing. I, I'm very 
inspired, but also just mesmerized by how our body is so connected to the, the spirit of who we are as well. And um, this course in particular was, was connecting uh, us to our, our higher self, as I call it in, in the book. This, this part of us, I mean, it's hard to name that, but the, the part of us that can't be seen, the part of us that's completely creative and connected to everything, and that, that part of us that is the spirit, so to speak. And um, sometimes I think when we, when we consciously make that direct a contact to the spirit, our, our body sometimes can't even handle it because it's like such a major download of, of energy that comes in. So it's, um, yeah, it's nice to be adjusting back, but lots of symbolism in, in dealing with illness for sure. And I was thinking too about just all the clearing, you know, all the unconscious patterns that were clearing out while I was sick and just those, those unconscious things that take place, you know, the certain feelings that I didn't even realize were there, things like, you know, not good enough or not working hard enough or um, will there be enough, you know, these, these very common memes and beliefs that run under the surface. And when we have a, a healing course like the one I took and sometimes when we get sick, our body's just like, enough of this, like clear this out and make space for the new energy to come in. And I think that's really what was taking place. So. Yeah, yeah, it just definitely sounds like it. It's uh, it's funny. Yeah. I don't know if you have this going on for you, Keith, when you get sick, but I I'm a little ridiculous because every time I get sick, um, <laughs> I'm surprised, and I have this story like I can get sick. I'm so healthy. Like how can I possibly get sick? And what I realized is the absurdity in the it's a, it's almost an arrogance of thinking I'm above getting sick because I'm healthy and take care of myself. <laughs> and I, I feel a little vulnerable even sharing that because it's, it's admitting a lot. Um, but I don't yeah. know if you have that going on for you when you get sick, but it, it's a funny I thing. I love that you're, you're naming that. I think so many of us and myself included are like, and especially um, those of us that operate and live in the world of health and wellness and coaching and mindfulness. It's like, we don't get sick, but the truth is we do <laughs> every so often. You know, it's, I was just thinking of um, Wayne Dyer used to talk about the ego, that part of us that tries to keep us separate from everything and in some ways, too, tries to say things like, oh, I'm better than, than this. And, you know, the ego, the acronym for ego is uh, edging God out. It's that part of mm-hmm. us that tries to E-G-O, edge God out, edge out that part of us that um, is the, the ultimate connection to everything. And when we get in our own way like that and we say things like, I'm better than getting sick, um, sure <laughs> enough, we find ourselves sick and are getting our butt kicked for, for thinking that somehow we're better than everything else. So I, I love that you name that because I definitely go through that too myself. <laughs> it's humbling to admit it, but... Um, it, there's, it is helpful in that um, it allows me what it does is then what, what I, I take pause to realize, oh, there's a, there's a surrender in being sick and, you know, almost allowing your body to go through what it needs to go through. And I find it very similar to going through anything, whether it be being sick or, um, another level of realization about yourself. It's there. There's a 
a surrender that I notice needs to happen to just allow it to happen. Do you, do you have that experience? You are so psychic, Krista. I love chatting with you on the phone. Yes. The word surrender is totally part of this. And, uh, it's just triggering a memory from the weekend. I, uh, I started this new um, project called Pono Life. And uh, in particular, I've been focusing on developing the part of it called Pono Life Yoga. And the idea of this project, initially at least, is that we're going to film a series of, of yoga videos of different um, great instructors that are going to teach classes online. And we're going to make them available to the community so people have access to more yoga at home when they they can't get to the studio so this past weekend we had our first um filming of of pono life yoga live and we invited i think there was 18 in one class and another 10 in the other class and um so all these people showed up and the class was scheduled to start at at 9 30 and i had a film crew all lined up to come and and shoot the taping and so i get there at 8 15 not a sign of anyone okay wait till nine not a sign of anyone. It's it's 9:25, and and all the yogis have showed up, and they're all like dressed in their yoga gear, ready for the filming. And our videographer was nowhere to be seen. And as you can imagine, there was a part of me that was really worried. I was like, where is he? And we was trying to call him on his phone, and there was no answer. And it was like, what's going on? I mean, what the heck? And um, so about an hour and a half later, we ended up doing a class anyway, but not not filming it. About an hour and a half later, we uh, we heard from the videographer, and apparently one of his kids was playing with his phone and reset something, so his alarm didn't go off, and he got up late, and he felt horrible. But um, I was just thinking about the whole situation and, and realizing this was really just a practice of got to surrender, just got to let it trust the flow here because this is what's supposed to happen, and perhaps for some reason this class wasn't supposed to be filmed, and it's... Um, definitely a practice but this idea of just when we surrender there's something that takes over there's like almost a calmness that takes over and even though the circumstances might not be what we plan them to be somehow it seems like everything just works out and and sure enough it it really did we still had a great class and I'm sure that the next time we film the next class it's going to be for some reason better than this one or was meant to be in a different way so surrender is the ultimate Isn't it? And and you may never know, um, you know, why all that happened, but trusting that there was a better reason of why it happened or a higher reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was even talking about this theme tonight of the show being co-creating and, um, this theme's been coming up a lot in, in my coaching work with people and also in my own life having all this downtime where it wasn't supposed to happen that I had a week off of being sick and then this whole videographer thing. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of surrendering and getting out of my way. And when I do, there's this spaciousness. And in that spaciousness, I find, is when the best clarity starts happening. Um, it's this place that I consider co-creation where all the good songs come from and all the good books get written and all the ideas come through. And, you know, a lot of times it's this question of like, what are we actually, um, what does it mean to co-create? You know, I, I even think that some of the greatest spiritual texts that have ever been written, um, people that have given thank you speeches at award shows, and they always like thank the higher power, whether that's, they say God or spirit or 
um, source, whatever you want to call it. It's like all the good stuff happens when we surrender our ego and when we allow that higher self to come in and, and direct our path. And it, it's it really, to me, is ultimately part of the mindfulness practice is, is getting out of the way in this human form to allow this, this spiritual part of who we are to come in and whisper and, and guide us along. And it's, it's a tricky thing because we can't actually see it in the sense of um, it's not necessarily a human form. So it's something that can only be sensed through our intuition. But when we really just let go and allow it, it's amazing how guided we become. Um, do you ever find that for yourself, Krista? Yeah, I do. Um, and sometimes, you know, Sometimes it's about trusting, but I maybe, I don't realize or feel the guidance, but it's a matter of trusting that there's a higher purpose or a reason for everything that's happening. Um, but I have to say that, that I do trust that, but at the same time, it still doesn't take away the challenge of it. And um, I'm actually curious, Keith, on that. <clears throat> um when bad things do happen to you, maybe it's being sick, maybe something um, traumatic or unexpected happens. How, what's your way of reacting in the moment? And, and do you have any lessons learned or advice on that, that, that would be helpful to people? And I'm honestly curious for myself. Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, my first instinct when I hear that, two things. First is take a deep breath no matter what. Mm -hmm. So when something doesn't work out the way you want it to, or especially in those moments of trauma where we weren't expecting it at all and we're completely shocked, it's like take a deep breath. Just get present because as soon as our mind starts wandering off into the story of, oh my gosh, and now this is going to happen, it just literally becomes a spiral. And before too long, we're in in a place of just no return. So to take a deep breath is the first piece. And the second piece is something that one of my teachers always used to say. Uh, she used to say, always go to a good place in your mind. Um, so I, I try my best when things happen that aren't in my control and I'm, things I don't want to have happen is I take a deep breath and I allow myself to literally go to a good place. Um, uh, one of the places I always go to, you'll be surprised to hear this, is Hawaii <laughs> in my mind. Uh, yeah, and I just start thinking about <laughs> I just start thinking about my favorite beach in Hawaii, and um, mm-hmm. I, I can actually start sensing myself walking on the beach and feeling my feet on the sand and sensing the the sun on my skin and hearing the sound of the birds in the air and the waves crashing. And you know, when I when I shift my awareness, just even talking about that right now, I feel a shift all of a sudden it's almost as if my unconscious is transported there. And although I might be in the, in a moment of not the best situation in the physical realm, um, mentally I've shifted. So my whole body will shift. Um, and like you were saying earlier, this is not something that's instant for us. It's something that we have to practice and we have to get in the pattern of. And so that when things do happen that we don't want to necessarily have happened, we can revert back to these good places that we've, we've cultivated in our mind. So a regular yeah. meditation practice where we, we go to our favorite place uh, in, our, in our imagination or we, we cultivate the certain smells or senses, 
can really become effective uh, when we call upon them and, and it, it becomes almost more and more instant, like a snap of a finger that, that we go there. And it's yeah. incredible because our, our unconscious mind doesn't know the difference between real time and non-real time. It doesn't operate in the realm of time. It's our conscious thinking mind that thinks, oh, I'm here right now at 7.46 p.m. and this is my body where it is. But if we allow our mind to, to dream, which it does eight hours of the night anyway, um, our unconscious mind goes with that dreamlike imagination and acts as if it's really happening in the present moment. So it's quite phenomenal that we can do that. Hmm. Yeah, it is. Um, it's interesting because I um, actually have an interesting story for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say the phone number before I tell you this story. Um, the phone oh, number if you want to call in with some questions is nine one four three three eight zero nine zero five. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so I had a I had a really traumatic thing happen on what day is today? So Saturday night. Um, I discovered that I have lost my son's baby videos and, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was traumatic for me and I'm still holding out hope that there's a way to get them back, but I'm, 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 that's not terribly likely, but, um, so the question is coming from there and having just had that experience and, and it was just deep sadness and and sort of trauma. Um, but what what's really interesting, Keith, is but I, I decided to let it come, and I didn't, you know, I didn't stop the tears. I didn't, I didn't try to pretend I wasn't exceptionally sad and upset about it. Um, I did. I did I did go a little far in it in that I started going into questioning my mothering. <laughs> so I uh, oh boy. I let myself <laughs> it was the ripple effect. I let I let it go yeah. a little a little deep and a little far. But then, you know, I came back to the reality and, and recognized that that was not the truth that I'm a bad mom because it's happened. And I have to say, when you allow yourself to deeply feel those feelings, and so for me that was sadness and regret, um, there's, a, there's a freedom that happens after. I mean, it doesn't take it away. I'm still really sad about it, but I can now talk about it. <laughs> Sunday yet. I yeah. couldn't talk about it yet. Um, oh. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a freedom in feeling it, though. Yeah, I love that you're saying that. And um, wow, I'm sorry to hear about the loss of those videos because that is really traumatic as a mom to have have lost those. And yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that, I mean, I said going to a good place, that's one option. But I think also, and we've talked about it on the show before, is allowing yourself to feel the feelings too, you know, is such a huge part of our healing practice and our unconscious mind is such a dynamic place but it's the also the place that hosts all of our emotions so mm-hmm. to allow yourself to go through the the grieving of the loss is is a very important part of of the healing process definitely yeah um and interestingly have you read any pema children books keith i i'm sure 
familiar with uh, the places that scare you, I believe it's called. Yeah, yeah, and when things fall apart. Now, I haven't read those books yet. I've I've heard they're really great, but I stumbled upon a podcast with her on Oprah on the Super Soul. And, wow, if anyone's dealing with – you know, some a dark place, a really tough time in their lives. I'm pretty sure, you know, I haven't read those books, but listening to her speak, this is the lady who has figured out how to deal with really tough times. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, she's, she's pretty insightful and gifted, that lady. Yeah, that's such a great resource. I love that you brought Pema up on the show, too, because she really is a great resource for people that are, going through challenging times for sure um, yeah. yeah speaking of that I was going to share a story too or just um it's bringing to mind I keep hearing him um but a very good friend of mine who I, I had played music with for years uh passed away a week ago and um since our last show actually I, I've been to his memorial and ended up playing some music at it and it was mm. a really interesting service because uh his poor daughter got up and, and spoke who also recently lost her son to a, a drug overdose. And so this poor woman has been dealing with the loss of her son and now her, I guess her father as well. And it was so interesting to hear this woman speak because I could tell that she had been through, I mean, so much trauma, just in sadness and grief and loss. And yet she delivered these words at her father's funeral, which came from such a place of strength and hope. And she was talking about the power of um, of music. Both her son and her father were, were musicians and uh, played guitar in their own right. And she was talking about um, how she had done up this Venn diagram and was basically writing down all the similarities between her father and her son and came to the conclusion that although we're living in this temporary physical body, um, there's something about the universal power of spirit. And as she said through music in this particular case, that um, kind of transcends all the pain. And so she's been finding in her words that she was saying, just by listening to music and letting the notes and the energy of that music move through me, I'm able to wash away things that have been stuck and so I, I i'm also just thinking about the power of that and the power that we have around us to to listen to music or to let ourselves look at a piece of artwork that makes us feel a certain way and then to just feel those feelings and and let it process through without feeling any shame or guilt you know so many of us feel so shameful for crying or for feeling like somehow we're bad for feeling certain feelings but it's really allowing ourselves to express and feel them where a lot of the healing will take place yeah agreed absolutely and i find the more you can feel it's like um uh quantum physics i guess maybe but the more you can feel sadness the more you can feel happiness so absolutely it's so cathartic and freeing to really feel that stuff that's quite a profound statement. The more you feel sadness, the more you can feel happiness. Yeah. Can you say more about that? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I actually had a I had a coach. I was going through a really tough time in my life, and um, 
and really didn't want to feel what I was, what I was going through. And uh, he really was amazing at help coaching me through that when you can really go and feel the depths of sadness that you, you might feel, that's what I, that was going on to me at the time that, you know, he said, just trust me, you're, you're gonna, once you can feel that you, you'll have a freedom on the other side of it, of feeling happiness, like you've never felt before. And, um, and I decided to trust him on it. And I really went, because I think what happens is a lot of people are really fearful of letting go into sadness because they think they're going to lose themselves there. And, and I had that fear, but I let it go. And I, and I let myself go there and, and, and I didn't stay there. Um, I didn't get stuck there, but instead the coming out of it, the freedom I felt on the other side was, um, it's profound. It's a, it was very healing. So, um, yeah. That's what I have to say about that. I feel it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, so great. I think we all Man. spend so much time trying not to feel, right? And and yeah. so it's just just more more feeling. Yeah. More feeling. So, Let yourself feel. <laughs> yes. Um, I have a question about your Reiki course, Keith. Uh, did you find in tapping into to learning how to work with energy like that, that um, does it help you feel deeper? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, and for those of you listening that aren't familiar with what Reiki is, it's a, um, it's a form of healing based on uh, work through the hands. And the belief is that, um, I guess, as Reiki practitioners, that we're able to allow spirit or light or source or whatever you want to call that to to move through us and we become channels to basically offer healing through the I mean even back into ancient times there was the healing of laying of hands on people and so it's really that type of work um I could say that it's a very subtle experience for me some people um feel energy so to speak like a lot deeper than I do um, I, I think I'm still a novice at this part of um, of wellness energy work, but it, it's I have had definitely experiences where my my hands will heat up in the middle of a session, or I'll feel sort of the vibration between my hands and and somebody's body. You kind of just get this. Um, it's hard to describe in words, but it's almost like a, a pulsating energy between the two. Um, but I found that. Giving Reiki, it's really, again, about surrendering. It's about just trusting that in this present moment as my hands are here on this person, I'm just, I'm just going to go to a good place and, and love and know that whatever needs to happen is going to take place through the power of this. And the amazing thing is that uh, a lot of times doing the work, I don't even feel like anything's happening. So there's like this part of me that's like, okay, is this really working? Like, hello. And then the person that I'm working on will will get up off the table after and have shared these like experiences of euphoria or of, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden this amazing light came in and I feel so much better and the pain I was feeling in this part of my body has shifted and is gone. And so it's, um, it's a really interesting art form and healing practice. That's all I can really say about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, 
Yeah. It's so exciting. There's just so much um, much to learn out there, isn't there? There really is. I've I've been such a big fan of immersing myself in in opportunities like that because um, it really expands our awareness and weaves into everything. So I've been such a big advocate um, for, yeah, expanding my range and pushing my edges, you know. And when Mm -hmm. I think of something like Reiki and the laying of hands, there's, I'm not going to lie, at times there's a bit of a doubt going, is this really working? And yet, (laughs) you know, I just from getting the results from the other people, it's obviously it's working at some level. And, you know, the word pono means effectiveness is the measure of truth in Hawaiian. And I believe that the more tools we can have in our toolbox to, to help serve the world, the better. So I'm, uh, I'm adding Reiki into my toolbox for, for anyone that needs some of that work as well. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I I yeah. actually took it years ago, but, you know, I think I wasn't really ready for it because, to be completely honest, I really can't remember <laughs> the technique of it now. So isn't that interesting? You have to be, you have to be ready for it, I think. Definitely. You know, and to know, too, that there's no end result to this life and every right. experience in each present moment is just, giving us something to learn and and something to experience and the things we need to remember we'll remember. So it might all come back to you one day when you need it too. (laughs) Well, and, and, and yeah, maybe it's there and I just, you know, I'm not in my mind about it. Maybe from a mind perspective, I don't remember the, uh, you know, any of the symbols or anything like that, but who knows? Maybe it's with me. Must be. It has to be. My mind is much more powerful than I realize it is. So, Absolutely. We do, we do have some questions, Keith. So um, we have some emails that have been sent in. So we have a bit of time left. So are you uh, up Terrific. to getting a couple? Okay. So let's you see. Bet. I have one here. I have one here from Kelly, and this is a great question. I get this a lot, and I'm 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 interested to know what your answer will be on this. Is Kelly's asking, what is the best way to begin a mindfulness practice in my life? Mm. That is such a good question and a very common question, Kelly, that, yeah, a lot of people ask both my, myself and Krista. And, um, yeah, the best way to begin a mindfulness practice. You know, I think a lot of people misconvey that mindfulness somehow requires us to um, literally check something off our list, like, oh, mindfulness practice, got it, done. Um, mindfulness, if you can think of it this way, is really a a practice and it's something that needs to be embodied as opposed to um, learned so and, and what I mean by that is that it's something that needs to be integrated into our lives in a sense it's more of a lifestyle than an actual activity that we'll be doing um, so one of the best ways to begin a mindfulness practice is uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can begin. I, I find one of the best ways to begin is to just schedule into my day, like just a few moments of the day where I literally intentionally give myself permission to just be present. Um, this could be everything from turning off my phone while I'm eating a meal and all the distractions and literally tasting my food for those 10 minutes that I'm eating. Um, this could be literally on a, a phone call or a conversation with my partner to, to give them my full attention and to just be as present as I can in the conversation. 
Um, this could mean taking, you know, 10 minutes out of your day and, and going for a walk and just on that walk, moving into a state of just appreciating everything that you encounter and noticing all of the senses that awaken on that walk from the colors you see to the smells you smell to how your feet feel against the ground. Um, anything that can bring you into the present moment is a practice of mindfulness. And over time I find that, you know, this is the beginning, but over time we just notice that that, that awareness of the present moment starts expanding and the results of that become enormous where, we're no longer stuck in stories in our mind about fear and, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen next? But we catch ourselves and we go, no, hang on, but that's not happening right now. I'm here now in the present. So it's something that becomes embodied over time. I hope that helps with a few ideas that you might want to start with. The, the tasting your meal or also another one, brushing your teeth. I don't know about you, Krista, but I find myself going to brush my teeth and I'm wandering all over the house trying to look at all the shiny objects where – a real good mindfulness practice would be to just put my feet in one place, focus on brushing my teeth, and just be there. And let, notice when the thoughts come into my mind and just let them keep passing through without attaching to them. And it's, uh, that's another one. There's so many. I don't know if you have any other ideas, Krista, on your side of things. Well, I, I just want to say what I love about that is that it takes it away from being another thing to do um, and it just can be really folded into your life very organically and beautifully, naturally. It doesn't have to be. A, I think a lot of people don't even start anything because maybe they're already overwhelmed and think, oh, I can't, I can't do one more thing. But like you said, why not bring it into what you're already doing in, in brilliant little ways like that? It can be that simple. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, even yeah. paperwork at the office, I, I find – a mindfulness practice would be instead of trying to get it all done at once, it's like, okay, one email at a time, and I'm going to write this as present as I can without getting distracted by all the things i got to be doing. Um, mm-hmm. Break it down even just like one breath at a time, you know? I'm just going to take yeah. this breath, and now I'm here. And, yeah, writing the word now on your hand is another good idea. And then every time mm. you see that word, you can check in with yourself and go, well, am I here now or have I wandered? And if I've wandered, yeah. okay, what's here now? What's here now? Yeah, I love that question. You ask, that's a, that is such a great question that you ask a lot. And, and I love it. That, that, I don't know. I will never tire of that question. I wish that you know, it was on like a speaker in my house. <laughs> Constantly yeah, <asking> exactly. <laughs> and it's always a beginning. There's no... There's really no mindfulness expert, so to speak. I mean, we are all mm-hmm. beginners at this practice because every moment is the opportunity to begin a practice of being present. That's really what this is about, and some days are better than others. So we're all beginners at this, and the best way to, to practice it is to do it, is to go, okay, I'm here. I'm, I'm being. I'm being present to the activities at hand, and I'm being present to the feelings that are within me right now. And and allowing it to be what it is. So it's a great, it's a very good question, Kelly. I'm really glad you asked that for, I'm sure there's a number of listeners that are wondering about that themselves. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we can all keep coming back to that because you're right. We're all just beginners at the end of the day. Um, Yeah. That's a good reminder for me. I will eat my dinner after this. 
in a much more mindful way than I might have before. <laughs> oh, do you need any accountability for that, as they say in the coaching world? <laughs> <laughs> I shall text you after my meal and let you know how it, oh, wow. how it went. Okay, deal. <laughs> That's wonderful. Although that is getting pretty coaching, late in your time. Well, even I was just gonna say, even the art of coaching, Krista, like for for yourself and and me, we we both do coaching, and I yeah. find even the practice of coaching is a mindfulness practice. You know, when I'm sitting oh. across from a client, it's all about bringing people into the present moment. I find that that's yeah. when all the good stuff happens. You know, yeah, that's when we're most that's and, when and, we're most alive. And to get them out of the story that it has to be difficult, or, right, or that they can't yeah. just take a breath right now. And, and it really can be as simple as that. Yeah. Life is quite yeah. simple in the present moment, and there's nothing wrong with simplifying life. In fact, it's, it's way better than having it all complicated and trying to uh, get a ton of things done and never really getting to the, any end result anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's our mind, isn't yeah. it? That's uh, yeah, the stories we create. Um, oh, let's see here. We have we have quite a few more emails. I'm gonna grab one here. Um, being cognizant of the time. Let's see. Grace asks, "I have been feeling a bit down in my life and wondering how to bring some new inspiration in. Do you have any ideas?" Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Grace lives in uh, Winnipeg at this time of year because it's uh, it's kind of it's not like Kelowna. I would imagine that's bright and sunny, but it's um, we've been through a long winter, and and this time of year sometimes can bring that feeling of being down. So thank you for asking that question, Grace. Um, how to bring some new inspiration in? Wow. Well, you know, I find a lot of times when we're feeling down. It's because our body is literally um, stuck, like our physical body is stuck in one place. You know, um, I'm just thinking about the times that I coach people and they're sharing the story and they're feeling stuck or they're feeling down. And it's because they're literally sitting there telling the story and reliving it. Um, but as soon as I have them get up and do 10 jumping jacks or switch positions in the room, like change their geography up, uh, almost instantly there's a shift in people. So um, I would say one of the first things to do to bring some new inspiration is, is to get your body moving, whether that means going for a walk or going for a jog or just standing up and jumping up and down a few times till you feel a, a shift of energy. But when we move our physical body, um, that instantly can change up the energy in us. So, so that'd be my first piece of advice is change your geography up. Um, Secondly, too, and another thing to do might be to consider something that you wouldn't do on a, a regular basis. I, when I get into those moments of feeling a bit down, I often think of myself as, oh, I must be in a routine right now. And so what's something that I, I'm going to give myself permission to do today that's going to change up the routine? And this might be things like um, taking an hour and going to your favorite bookstore and finding your favorite book to read, that something you might not normally do, or... Maybe it means going to try out a new activity, um, whether it be swimming or badminton, or maybe it's um, maybe it's literally if it's summertime where you live, going going to a park and and discovering something there that you hadn't seen before. Going to the art gallery. Um, 
I almost would suggest, Grace, that you make up a list of a bucket list of things you haven't done yet in your neighborhood that you're you're curious to explore and give yourself permission to to go and explore it. And you know, when we change up our our patterns and our routines, um, life has to shift. You know, as Wayne Dyer would say, when you change the way you look at things, including your life, the things you look at change. So. If your life is feeling a bit down right now and you want that to change, how about changing light the way you're looking at your life and what would bring a little excitement in or, you know, what might change it up? So that would be uh, some of my initial ideas for you on how to, to bring some new inspiration in. I don't know if you have any others, Krista. We're co-leading yeah, to... this tonight. So. <laughs> yeah, apparently. I do have two things to add. Um, last week I... I was reminded that when, you know, you're feeling tired or down or just need a, a kickstart to put on a really awesome piece of music and just dance. And I, so I did that with my daughter and it keeps, I can't tell you how much it shifted. All of a sudden I had energy, my daughter and I connected and um, it, it just felt so good and it's so simple to do. And we have a really great time because I am a terrible dancer, but it's, but I'm pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so we had some really good laughs because I always, I lay on my dork moves a little bit just to make it fun. And, and it shifted everything. So I've done that a few times since because it just, it felt so good. So really do that. That makes such a difference. And the other thing on the the weather piece that you were you were saying, so I would say today is our well, or maybe this weekend a little bit too. Uh, it's been a longer winter than normal here for us too, and um, I guess what I my perspective today now having some sunshine and feeling um, I can really feel spring between the time change and or the the daylight savings and um, the sunshine and losing some snow. Um, If I'd had the perspective now um, a couple weeks ago of that, the hope and the trust that the feeling will be different when spring starts to, to spring a little bit more um, because all of a sudden there's a little, you know, there's a little more freedom in my world. And I, I wanted to go outside for a walk today and, um, I guess I didn't have that same perspective or trust a couple of weeks ago because it was just so daunting, all this cold and snow. So if 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 weather is an issue for you, just just hold on to hope and trust that that it's coming around the corner if it's not quite there yet. I love it. You know that is spoken by the perfect person, Krista Hope. Like literally, how perfect is that? There's hope. Krista Hope is giving us hope tonight. I love it. Oh, you're so funny. That is true. That is true. There's hope. (laughs) Wonderful. That's such a great question. I'm so glad that she asked that. So hopefully some of these ideas will help you out as well on your journey. And we'll also send you lots of positive vibes from the show here too and wish you the best on, on changing up your mood. And call in and tell us about it. Love to hear how some of these tools work for people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, What are we going to talk about next week, Keith? 
Wow. Well, yeah, that's yet to be determined, I'd have to say, but there are a lot of exciting things coming up. Um, I just finished shooting a, a brand new music video for for a song called Forgiven that's going to be on my new album, so maybe we could chat about that and um, maybe even preview the song, which would be kind of fun to play the song for everybody on, on the air here. And, um, I'd love to the, hear the that. New, oh, my book. I'm going to have um, I'm going to have an actual hard copy, advanced copies of the book available right away too. So we can chat more about that next week and maybe dig into the, the book a little more as well. Awesome. I'm so glad you're feeling better because there is a lot of exciting things happening in your world. And I'm, I'm pretty stoked for you. Oh, thanks. Well, I'm so glad you were able to make the call tonight because um, if you had three other things that all got canceled for you to be here, there must have been a reason. And I, uh, I'm really glad you were able to join us tonight too, Krista. I was meant to be here. Thanks, thanks for uh, bringing all your wisdom tonight, Keith. Really appreciate it. Oh, I first I do. See you see you next week, everybody.